There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Formula for Success in association with F1 Manager 2023. I'm David Coulthard and we have our own former F1 Manager in the studio, Eddie Jordan. Ah, yes, it's me again. Um, I'll have to change that intro in, David. It's beginning to wear me down. But anyway... How do you think you would have fared in today's F1 as a manager? Um... Don't even want to think about that. Right, EJ, uh, like many Irish people today, you're probably nursing a slight hangover. I definitely have a whiff of the good stuff coming from your breath. This is, of course, after Ireland's incredible victory over the reigning World Cup champion, South Africa. Um, I actually think there might be a guinege Guinness, a Guinness shortage. I think it's you with the hangover. Where were you last night after the Scotland game? I, uh, no, I was I was travelling back from from a cart race in the UK. Um, so it, it was well done, by the way. Well done. Ireland played fantastically. Truthfully, I won't gloat too much, but yes, I was there. And funny enough, David, you'll be impressed because we talked about you, and we talked about at least three or four people that I was with at the game. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have posh seats, um, but they were all uh, FFS podcasters, uh, none other than Michael Flatley, our last week's uh, guest, which was Keith Wood, and um, of course the boss was there, um, Prince Albert, and uh, he, he was, I have to say, listeners, he did have a little Irish pin involved, and he must have been in real trouble when he got home because his wife is South African, so I can't imagine what was going on there. But anyway, um, it was an amazing weekend. The atmosphere, uh, the friendship between, you know, that's what I love about rugby. I mean, it's a really rough and tumble. The size of those men beating daylights out of each other. It's and incredible, It's incredible it? the hits they take. But yet everyone has a few pints. Everyone embraces everybody else. And the police were there, but they had nothing to do because there is no violence. Uh, there is no no aggravation. There's just love and affection of having a few pints and enjoying the moment. That's what I thought about it. I love it. I love it for that very reason. Uh, clearly, I don't have the physique to have ever uh, taken, well, other than at school, play a wee bit of rugby. But um, I just love the life lessons, you know, the discipline that the players have when the referee calls them to heal. They absolutely listen to him. And this is where, with the greatest of respect, of course, to the amazing athletes that are football players, they're the falling over and trying to get yellow cards and red cards for, for people. I just don't think this is a great example to a younger generation. I, and I just don't understand why in one of the biggest sports, if not the biggest sport in the world, um, we've allowed it to evolve that way. One of the touching moments for me was a player got a yellow card and two of the opposing team 
went over to shake his hands and embrace him a touch on the way. Now, I'm not sure I'm advocating that kind of relationship because if he did a yellow card, there had to be something wrong. But there was genuine compassion because it could happen to anyone, particularly the high, if you're a big six foot eight guy and you're trying to tackle me, who's five foot nothing. And the next thing is your hand is going to go around my neck and that could be deemed to be a yellow card. But um, yeah, it was a great game. May I just say, yes, you may. I thought... Scotland were immense last night. Thank you. Thank you um, for that. And I should remind you. I'm saying thank you as if I, <laughs> as if I've played at any part. Well, in how I didn't play for Ireland, but I felt as if I got every hit that was out there. Um, but I should remind you, Sunday week or Saturday week, um, the Scots and the Irish are going to beat each other up. Now, if you were to bribe me, I have a conspiracy theory. I think that Ireland, if they were sensible, uh, I'd let Scotland win that game, David. But it'd have to, some folding would have to come my way. Um, but on that basis, I think Scotland should win. And then it would be Scotland and Ireland that would go through. And we'd send the South Africans home to South Africa because they, they, look, they looked like the favourites. And I have to tell you, even though Ireland beat them, they are some awesome team. And um, how Ireland beat them on the day is remarkable. I don't think we'll get the second chance. Well, yeah. I'm not sure we'll get the second chance. I yeah. hope we do, but I'm not sure. Yeah, absolute respect to all of the teams that are taking part in one of the uh, greatest displays of uh, teamwork and, and physical capability. Absolutely brilliant. Well, EJ, we have another major sporting event starting this week, Thursday, I believe, the Ryder Cup. Will you be in Rome to see Team Europe take on America? I'll be there all four days because the robbers are reconvening and we're going to play for all the fans in the fan zone. Very excited. It should be a fabulous sporting weekend. Well, the robbers I am familiar with, your band, of course, EJ and the robbers. Um, where, where would our listeners download some of your performances? Or is it on YouTube or any other any other platforms You're just trying to with embarrass you? me, aren't you? <laughs> Where can we uh, get this music? Actually, there's one really nice piece. Silverstone 2011, and we play to a, an unbelievable audience. But people who are clever with their music, you'll see all sorts of people. Pete Noon from The Pogues was playing with us, and we had uh, Guy Fletcher from Dire Straits on the keyboards. Uh, and that was uh, one of my favourite gigs. That's uh, Eddie and the Roberts. We just started to get together at that stage. And it's the same guys who will be with me in Rome because I've been with Luca now nearly 20 years. What an, actually, we should get Luca on the, on the show because he has a few stories to tell about the carry-on that we went around doing gigs yeah, all over the place. Life on the road, yeah. yeah. I'd love to get, I'd love to get uh, Luca on the show. But before we do that, though, um, you've got Rory McIlroy will be representing Team Europe this week. And he's someone that I know you've, had, you've known since he was a teenager. I must tell you a little story. So when he came and stayed with us, uh, he became a bit of a star. Um, and in 2011, when we were in Canada, the following week was the US Open uh, in Congressional. And I said, mm, I'm indecided there. What's the point in going back to England? Um, I'll go down and spend the week. Got a message to Rory and, and to JP. And I went and stayed with them. Um, and that was his first ever US Open. And it was his first major win. And... Um, then he invited Marie um, and I to uh, Miami and we played golf there uh, with his father, um, Jerry. And one of the highlights was... Being you, ever, you, ever, you ever taken a hold of him? Um, I wasn't in the same league. I wanted to carry his bag. I wanted to see his club selection, how he actually guided the ball into the hole and how he just mentally was able to do that was fantastic. Anyway, 
to, to stay on the story, we got invited to this home game where Miami uh, Heats, the, the famous uh, oh, basketball thing. Yeah, he And um, so we went there and we met the owner and he was very kind. And um, when we went in there, funny enough, I was sitting beside a guy called Greg Norman, who also was a major winner. And uh, now, of course, uh, Rory doesn't speak to him because he was the guy with the Saudis who created this live golf and the breakaway and the what looks like the breaking up of what we know as professional golf worldwide. It's a great shame because I think there's probably room for two, but I don't think so. I think it should be under one umbrella. And I think the greatest players should be able to play with each other. And the fact that this is the first Ryder Cup where a lot of players have been excluded um, by virtue of being playing in a, an alien um, championship, which is the Live Championship. I find it scandalous to think I could go to a golf game and not see all the arrangements of great players that you would normally be able to see. And now you're only seeing half of them here and then the other half there, and they're not talking to each other, and that's a terrible shame. Formula for Success is brought to you in association with F1 Manager 2023. So I think, EJ, what we should do is look back at the last couple of Formula One races, because there's plenty to talk about. I looked at the joy of Fred when he was in Singapore the other week. That was brilliant, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we were slagging him off. And I'm saying, come on, Fred, get a grip on this Ferrari well, team because it's shocking. He listened. Well, actually, I got it wrong. He has he has turned it around in some ways. And well done to you, David, because I thought you said that that would happen. Everybody on this planet wants to see a competitive Ferrari. Yeah, no, it is great to see. And it's like Carlos Sainz has come out, you know, having eaten Popeye's spinach over the summer break. He's been really up for it the last couple of races. And um, it's not great to see. Actually, those two guys, they both look great. And of course, I'm a big fan of Carlos's senior, that is, because uh, I've known him a very, very long time from his rallying days. He has a home in Mallorca, so I see him quite a bit there summer times. Um, Carlos Jr. is just such a good-looking boy. He's very calm and he gets on with it. He's got great, and he's got a great ability in front of the microphone to look a particularly good Ferrari-type driver. Yeah, he has been, I think, really fantastic. And a uh, great victory he had there in Singapore. And now the, the only person to be uh, the fly in the ointment um, for Red Bull, of course, they've been all dominant this year. It's going to be interesting to see uh, as the season progresses. Um, it's quite clear that Max is going to wrap up the Drivers' World Championship before the end of season. And then it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, does that see him throttle back? I don't think so. Or um, does it see him just want to nail out and rub the faces of his competitors? I don't think he wants to do that. Uh, He's actually a really, for those people who don't know him, and you you see him a lot and you come travel a lot with him at the races, I think he's an extraordinarily nice person and I don't think he wants to rub the nose. He just wants to... He wants to race as hard and as quick as he can. He would not be going to the simulator as much as he does. And as far as I'm concerned... um, uh, what car he's been given, what Adrian and Christian and those people at Red Bull has been phenomenal. And let's, let's not forget, you cannot be as successful as he is and has been without the perfect thing under his, under his backside. And he's got, they're going to miss, in my opinion. I know they will say Honda are not involved. Honda are still involved there. And I think Honda has been a great, great influence on Red Bull. They made a fabulous choice there. David, I have a question for you. What happened 
you must know because you've been the driver there. They were so off the pace in Singapore. Give us a clue as to what you think was the problem. Well, what's really interesting, I think it was 2015 uh, when Mercedes went there, all dominant uh, season, and neither Nico or Lewis were in the top five in qualifying. And everyone was going, God, how can that be? And there was a conspiracy theories at the time. And then, you know, fast forward to 2023 and we're in the same situation. There are bogey tracks occasionally. There's bogey tracks for drivers. Some some circuits just seem as if the angles have been designed by their own eye and they can't put a foot wrong. And some some circuits just don't work and don't fit. So, um, yeah, it was a difficult weekend for them. But, uh, you know, that gave us the return of Ferrari, which is uh, fantastic to see. And let's see if there's any other bogey tracks coming up over the, the remainder of the year. What really struck me was just going back a little bit to Ferrari. You know, between Monza, where they first showed real signs of being competitive, and, and then a totally different type of track at Singapore. H- how do you explain? Because, you know, comfort zone, you usually have a car, if he's good in Spa, he'll probably go well in Monza. Uh, but forget about the tight tracks like Monaco and, and Singapore and possibly even Abu Dhabi. But give us your clue. You're the driver. You know these things. If I just bring it to Max for a moment, I've seen all sorts of comments where people are going, ah, you know, he's he's overrated. He's not at the same level as Lewis. This is just nonsense. If you look, if you look at what he does with that car, and with the greatest respect to Checo, who is a very talented, you know, fast race driver, he looks average in comparison to what Max is, has been able to deliver when when he's really on it. So, look, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's fascinating to see uh, just how the season unfolds. Red Bull are the team right now, but as you and I both know. Nothing lasts forever. And there'll be a moment that somebody comes and and takes over their mantle. And they have been incredibly consistent in their delivery over the... It'll be 20 years of Red Bull next year. Well, and um, forgive me for reminding the listeners, but uh, you were instrumental in a lot of that. Uh, and I remember when you got the first podium for the team, I never thought they could do that. Red Bull came out of the ashes. I think it was Jaguar, was it not? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, DT Matasic, I remember meeting him when I first started in 91, and I wasn't sure exactly what type, what to make of him. Um, and there were two teams uh, starting their careers at that stage for the, the early 91 season. Um, and I was in Ricard testing the car. And Matisic arrived. And to my disappointment, I wasn't aware actually at the time, but he came to invest some money in, in Sauber. Uh, and I thought, man, that could have easily been my way if I'd got my head together right. <laughs> but um, I'm so happy to see Red Bull so dominant because I think it's testament. I think it's a wonderful tribute uh, to Didi. Uh, I think what people at Red Bull, what they've achieved, because no one 20 years ago, David, they didn't even give you a chance of survival. I mean, they didn't give him a chance of survival. And it's been fantastic. The journey they've been on, remarkable. One of the great sporting stories. And as as much as it pains me, I have to give you the Oscar for oh. because you... Can you repeat what yeah. you've just said, ladies? Listen carefully, credit please. Credit where it's due. Credit's where it's due. Now, look, I wasn't... Um, I was kind of you know, on the fence just waiting to see how things would pan out. But you were singing the praises of young Oscar Piastri. The the Australian claimed his first podium at just 22 years of age. Um, I think he's done a brilliant job alongside Lando, who I consider one of the quickest guys in Formula One. But you, you had a wee soft spot for Oscar even before he'd sort of made his initial mark in Formula One. Well, I should, maybe, should I? Uh, 
Yes, yes should. I should. I should tell you because I think I had a little bit like normally I had inside information because way back in 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 the late eighties um, with Johnny Herbert and he was managed by Mark Webber's wife Anne. And I've had that relationship and understood Anne. I thought she was probably the best uh, and the most professional manager of, of any sports person that I'd come across. So Anne did tip me off. She said, listen, I, I have to tell you, this guy is the real deal. And I think he is the real deal. Full marks to, to uh, McLaren. They've signed him till 26 because they needed to, because he will be a very sought-after driver. And if I was in Red Bull and I was thinking of replacing uh, Checo, he'd be the one I'd have in my mind. Although, having said that, um, I think the person that you particularly like, which is Lawson, uh, and yet again, he's finishing 11th and he just keeps doing it, doesn't he? In a car that really shouldn't be there. Scored points in, in Singapore and he's on the case all the time. And I think Lawson deserves a chance in Formula One. You can only win the championship with one driver. And in my opinion, if you were going to change Checo, I would change him for somebody absolutely new who has a real bright future. And I think Lawson... Because, he, he, you know, it's the same kind of feeder team, isn't it? It's kind of where Vettel came from. And Lawson has that ability. I think he, either next year or the year after, should wind up in Red Bull. Yeah, I think that the, the sport is an incredible place right now with so many drivers in their 20s that have the potential to, to go on to be greats in the sport. I, I think Liam Lawson has done an exceptional job in the three Grand Prix that he's taken part in. He's shown himself to be more than ready, more than capable. Yeah, bearing in mind, the opportunity came when no one was expecting that the opportunity would be there. You know, when was the last time a driver broke his hand and took a few races out? And I totally agree that as and when that moment comes, he would be a, a, a worthy recipient of a, a Red Bull opportunity. Obviously, Daniel Ricciardo has been confirmed at Alpha Tauri alongside Sonoda. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly Daniel can do with that because it's going to be difficult to gauge if he's there or thereabouts with Sonoda, that's great. If he's significantly quicker, then you've got to then start thinking, right, he's rediscovered what the brilliance that he had before you went off to Renault and McLaren. But that is the real question. And so therefore my question to you is, he's in his 30s, he's you know, a brilliant asset for Formula One, incredibly well-liked. He's a Grand Prix winner, but we can't hide from the fact that he had two, three very difficult seasons there. Have you ever seen anyone be able to bounce back from that? Like, is he able to imagine being back in a Red Bull alongside Max Verstappen and go toe-to-toe with him? I think there's always the potential for somebody to refine themselves, to go inside their soul, dig deep, and make a total commitment. Now... Where Daniel has the problem, he is the people's person. He's got the best smile I've ever seen. Uh, He's a lovely character. There's not a nicer person in the world. He keeps himself in great, great shape. A better six-pack I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, when you see him going for a swim, it's just ridiculous how how fit he is. He's got a bank crush. (laughs) He's absolutely mustard. But that doesn't win you Grand Prix. And... AlphaTauri next year, I think that car, there seems to be a divergence. You know, the Red Bull car and that car, they're not the same anymore or they're probably less compatible items on on each other's car. So therefore, it's an uphill battle. Um, And my guess is, 
I'd love to see Lawson in it, but at the same time, Formula One does not need to lose characters and uh, drivers of the ilk of Daniel. So, do you mind? I'm going to sit on the fence on that one. I know what one part of me Shock. says. Horror. Put Lawson in the car, take the, take the chance, because you have a chance of making another Vettel. It's really difficult to see how Daniel is going to do that. However, um, you know, Alphatari has now gone commercial with what they do uh, and their stores. And I don't think you can get anyone better than, than Daniel to do that. And maybe that's the solution that they should go for one year. Put Lawson in as the, t uh, the test driver. That's what I would. Don't lose Lawson, though. I think he is really good. Yeah, and Christian Horner was telling reporters in Suzuka that they consider a luxury problem that they've got, you know, two or three drivers all looking like uh, they could be pulled into the main team. So I think uh, he he was part of part of the program, but nobody really knowing. Now everybody knows he is more than capable of holding his own in Formula One. So look forward to seeing him winning a full-time contract in the future. Now, I just want to touch back again on Singapore. Um, we had that amazing uh, victory for Carlos Sainz. But I'm curious, EJ, to get your view on it because it was it was a real chess match of a, of a Grand Prix. Nothing really happening in the first 40 laps or so. Everyone taking care of tyres, driving to a lap time. There's a side of me which doesn't really enjoy that in Grand Prix racing. You know, I like the idea and I warm to the idea of it being sprints between pit stops. But then the race came alive at the end. And, uh, uh, and it was wow. incredible. You got a feel for, for George. George Russell. Mm. Actually, Lando touched the wall a tiny bit just before him and then uh, George into the barrier. So just really, you know, where where's your mind at with that particular Grand Prix and, and the fact that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a sort of classic lights out to checker flag sprint still it had an awful lot in it i enjoyed the race i must say yes i agree that you know it was touch on not boring but processional uh, up to when it all came alive i enjoyed ferrari winning i loved the fact that lewis got himself right up there lando again was in top shape and you know i, I was devastated for george because i thought he had done a great job and has done a great job all season long. So that was uncharacter. However, he did hit the wall. The, the, the head-on crash was not uh, a loss of concentration or the tyres not gripping it. The, the, rear, the rear right touched the guardrail um, on entry into the corner. And when that happens, the natural thing is that it pulls the front around to the right. So in other, whichever side you hit it on. So in other words, he lost traction and he, he lost... He lost his turning in ability, so naturally he was on the marbles and straight off into the wall. Um, and, you know, it was a very sad thing to see, particularly he was in touching distance of the checkered flag. So that's the problem. Where, where do you sit on the fact that, you know, George has been pretty vocal during Grand Prix. You know, are we, are we racing each other? Are we, are we trying to win this race? You know, I loved when he was on the radio saying, what can we do to win this Grand Prix? But he, it's a bit of a thorn in the side for Lewis because he's not the perfect wingman in that he's just going to sit there and go, yes, sir, no, sir. He is a classic hungry race driver. And that means Lewis is just an inconvenience to him. Yeah, but you notice George only says that when he's got within striking difference of Lewis. You don't hear it the other way around. But every now and again, when you take Lewis's situation, he does come out with something like that. Look, 
But all the drivers, and you know, when you have a teammate, the last thing you want to do is finish behind them. So you want to get the team to slightly give you the advantage. Oh, I've got better tires and I've got more traction. I, I can catch the winner. I can win past the guys in front, win this race. Let me go. Let me go. Well, that's just selfishness, isn't it? You just want to pass your teammate. You don't care whether you win the, win the race or not. And that's the thing. Is that because in five years' time, people will look on the, the, the records and they'll say, oh, David Coulthard finished 15th and uh, Mark Webber won the race. So you won't want to see that, will you? No, 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 absolutely. I've erased all those from my, <laughs> uh, from my records. Over the weekend, the FFS listeners voted for what they want this show to be called and it's come down to these three names so ej i'm going to hit you with them and then you can tell me what's your choice number one uh, on the list not necessarily in terms of uh, the amount of votes is the in brackets total anchors so we can <laughs> tell where they're going with that one so <laughs> the anchors <laughs> I, I think his spelling has slightly <laughs> gone deranged but yeah. anyway i know what he meant yeah yeah so there's uh, number one's the anchors number two is the pit crew and number three is the helmets. Well, that could mean anything, David. It what could. do you think it means? Well, I think in the context of, uh, of, of our listeners, I think there's definitely a bit of innuendo there. <laughs> I think um, there is innuendo in all three, perhaps. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, um, there is. They're all, they're all easier to see than formula for success, given that I've no, got No, but I don't think list. we're changing that. I think we're talking about who are those wonderful people who are listening. What do we call them? Do we call oh, them the, the listeners? Ang- ah, right. Read what you're to asked I to know. do. I say they're sorry, the I'm listeners. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Once again, you've been more diligent and doing your, no, your homework. I, I wouldn't vote to well, lose FFS. It's just, it's something that if you like, it has, of course, all sorts of meanings and we won't uh, say what we think it is, but um, it's formula for success, ladies and gentlemen, and let's leave it at that. So listeners, I think the listeners should be either called the helmets or the total anchors. So um, <laughs> David, I've got to ask you, You've been on the fence all your life. You don't actually come out and say anything, do you? You just sort of, that's why people think you're so angelic and you're so nice. <laughs> they have no idea what you really are. So when are you actually going to come out and tell us what you are? Well, uh, so maybe this would be a start. Uh, is it the total anchors or is it the helmets? Well, EJ, first of all, if you get a really nice piece of timber, sitting on the fence can be quite comfortable. Oh, so you should try it sometimes. I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> instead, of, instead of being so controversial all the time. You could have an argument in an empty room. I do. <laughs> Often. I'm very sad. <laughs> anyway, so, right, okay, look, I, I'm not a big fan of the helmets, I've got to say. Um, and Any particular have, reason? Well, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I just... It's just a, sounds like a racing driver, doesn't it? Helmet, helmet, helmet Marco. It sounds like that. Yeah. No, I just yeah, it's not my thing. And I've got too much respect to call our listeners the total anchors. So we'll just call them the anchors. I love it. They they, they hold us together. Uh, and, they hold us in place. And it's 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 uh, unified with our you know the the music that we started because I think that's called the anchor tune, isn't it? So is it's it the anchor. Really? Uh, Okay, now I see the link. It seems so long ago that you ah. created that award-winning well, multi-platinum Well, I still own selling. it because you've yet to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> Story of my life. Indeed. So are we saying it's the anchors? Yes. Oh, we've got agreement. Actually, thanks for coming off the fence, David. The anchors it is. 
Well, EJ, I think that's all we've got time for today. Uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us. We'll be back, of course, next week. And remember to follow Formula for Success on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on social media with the handle F1 for Success. Eddie, until next week. David, I, I, as I said to you many times, I'm very confused with my own innermost self-interest, uh, but I'm beginning to enjoy your company. I know you're not enjoying mine, but that doesn't change anything. Arrgh, goodbye from me. Who could not enjoy that roar in their ears? Cheerio, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.